0: You're listening to the Modern Mystic Soul Podcast, dedicated to helping starseeds just like you go from awakened to activated. My name is Therese Tucker. I'm an intuitive artist, psychic medium, teacher of intuition, and now author, and I'm sitting down to talk with you about the ascension process, the spiritual growth lessons I've learned, and how to move into a more aligned frequency so that you can fully experience your destiny. To this very special episode of the Modern Mystic Soul podcast. And today I have a special guest with me, my good friend Tammy Scarlett of Quantum Legacy. And she is a business and energetic mentor. She is also an AVP of a mortgage lending for guaranteed rate on a top 1% US team. Wow, my mouth will not say the words. <laughs> And serves as Executive Director of Unify the World, a global nonprofit for world peace. Tammy, I am so excited to have you here with us today. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Yay, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Thank you for having me, Therese. Absolutely. And I'm excited about the topic we're going to talk about because both you and I, uh, as mentors and and coaching other people, we we often have to make this stop about our beliefs and how powerful they are in helping us create the life we want to experience. So today's topic is about the power of belief and you have, um, you have such a great story that we're going to share later around like a personal experience of what it would be like to, um, you had talked about sort of allowing yourself to experience the spectrum of belief to non-belief. Um, But I want to start by talking about why we need to pay attention to what we believe and how not paying attention to that is accidentally creating the reality we're experiencing.
1: Absolutely. Um, Therese, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is a project that I did in grad school um, for one of my Uh, filmmaking courses. And when what I did was I I did a project where I recorded my parents, my mom and my dad, and then made a video of it. Now, that doesn't sound like a very big deal, Um, but my parents have been divorced since I was nine years old, and I'm 43 now, so there you go. It's been a while. And when they divorced, they stopped speaking to one another. It was a complete Uh, severing of all communication and I was put into two different worlds the mom camp and the dad camp and those two worlds didn't talk to each other so in this film class I had the opportunity to do something that for me felt revolutionary and the revolutionary part was I asked both of my parents to answer the questions um, about what made life meaningful and I took sound bites from them and I combined them back and forth answering the same questions. And I preserved that video for myself as my parents' collective wisdom to me from their lifetimes. Wow. Um, and, it, and, it, and I was so proud of myself for doing it. I've, I've, I don't think I've even showed it to them <laughs> because that's I don't know if they would even be happy about it, but I was proud of it. And it feels good to me to have done it and to have it. In that video, my dad talks about the fact that I've known my whole life because he told me when I was young that he wanted to be a pilot when he was little Mm. and he never ended up doing that he pursued other things and he became an architect he also told me when I was about 10 years old even after the divorce that he wanted to be a missionary and go do work uh, to help others in other countries. The best work that he could think of on the world, and he was drawn to it with his heart. And I asked him, I think for the next two years, every time I saw him, if, uh, when we were going to Mexico, when he was gonna relocate, when he was gonna go do this thing, this dream that was in his heart. And he finally told me, Tammy, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. It's unrealistic. It's not, uh, there's no way to make it work. I can't, you know, that doesn't pay the bills. I got to, uh, feed the family, put food on the table. And, and, uh, so we're just gonna, we're going to put that on the shelf. We're not doing it. And I was like, Oh, wow. I was literally shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I didn't know that that was one of the options. Um, I thought that because he wanted to do it, and that was so resonant that for sure that would be the next step. So in this video, when I asked about a meaningful life and he starts talking about wanting to be a pilot. Actually, I don't think he was talking about wanting to be a pilot. He just mentioned whether you're a pilot or whatever your job is. (laughs) But I knew that he was referring to that because it was in his mind for what he had wanted to do when he was young. Um, Then he talks about we're all kind of running this rat race on a hamster wheel and you got to do what you do in your work a day life and just figure out how to make a difference in the little things. And it's true. What he's saying is true. I mean, like for the person who is faithful with little, they will be given much, right? Because we we practice gratitude and all the bliss in the little things along the way. However, there was a certain sadness for me because I knew that my dad had gotten to a point in his life where he felt like the clock had run out and he wasn't allowed to do those things anymore. There was no time to do those things anymore. Now, I really think that if my dad was surrounded by the people that I'm surrounded by in my life, the truths that I embrace every day in my world, the realities that really you know, drive my ability to move myself into things that might otherwise be impossible, I think he would have been able to do exactly what he wanted to do, everything that he wanted to do. And so there's a little bit of a heartbreak for me as his daughter in at the same time as gratitude, because I'm so grateful for who he is and and everything that he taught me a, a, along the way and for exactly how everything played out. I don't think any of it was by mistake. But I'm um, I'm also, you know, looking at it in terms of as a lesson. Um, how can we be expansive in our lifetime? If what his lesson to me is in that video is that we have, you know, 60 to 100 years, roughly. What are we going to do with it? To me, part of it, yes, is what I'm going to do in the little things, minute to minute. But the bigger question is, in the end, who did I choose to be? What, what, did, I, what did I do on, in a bigger context? And am I allowing myself to expand into the bigness of what that context is without being afraid of what actually might be possible if I wasn't afraid?
0: Gosh, you asked such a great question there. Um, Who did I choose to be? I real, you know, as you're saying that one of the things that I see again and again with working with people, including myself, is that oftentimes we don't, we don't consciously choose. We think it's being made for us or presented to us from an external source. Like the external world says, well, you have to, you know, this, 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 and this is what... A father provides right or um, just this is how you are successful at providing or this is what a responsible person does right these things are being presented to us and and I think that's something that we all have to contend with is that for most of the social programming we've all been through we've been taught it's outside to in the outside world affects me And it isn't until we start doing the personal work that we learn that it's actually the other way around. It's internal to external and it's, I'm creating the world I'm experiencing.
1: Mm, mm
0: -hmm. But so many of us aren't consciously choosing, you know, who, who are we, who are we going to be? I mean, it's something I think that is only lately. Is it something that people ask themselves? And I just, I'd like to get your feedback on that because I think that you make a really strong point there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, initially, if we're just talking about like, why, why bother? What's the point of all of this? Like, why do we need to address belief? Um, Yeah. Intentionality completely makes a difference. And, you know, the, the, the name of my, my brand is Quantum Legacy. And uh, the quantum part, you know, we could talk about later, but the legacy part um, at face value feels self-explanatory, but the truth of the matter is that legacy is, I think, about so much more because we think about legacy in terms of like what we've left behind after we're gone. So like, you know, do a good job and, and be of good character and teach your kids to be of good character and, uh, you know, whatever, all the, all the things that we can put into those um, boxes so that we try to go in the right direction. And I think that in terms of like trajectory, that's a very healthy thing to do. Um, However, the legacy is not just the package (laughs) that gets delivered when you leave the planet. The legacy is actually all those moments that were reverberating and resonating with other people, that we're affecting change and moving out into the world that you don't even know what exponential pace, moment to moment to moment, that you lived your life while you were here. And if we look at that as like a field of potentiality around us that we're engaging with every moment, day to day, well, then that's a little different. That feels like a game changer. That feels like when I wake up today, I am making a mark on the world. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm making a mark on the world. And so what are we doing to shape with intention the direction that we're going? That's why legacy is even, you know, in, in the name of my brand as the way that I chose it, because I want, uh, to be embodying that frequency and people who feel that frequency to be the ones that, that resonate, you know, with it. And then can, we can work together.
0: Absolutely. Um, Man, so there's so let's talk about some of the the pain points about not choosing intentionality and not choosing to work mm-hmm. with the field of possibility, because this is something that that we we tend to see and and one of the things I guess I'll start with. I work with people who are intentionally wanting to manifest and create their life and connect with their destiny, and what's really interesting is there's always a portion of the work has to go to, well, what is your current belief system? Because it's so interesting that we can hold desire, we can hold strong desire of where we want to go, who we want to be and what we'd like to experience, and yet have countering beliefs that I can't have that. I can't be that or can't do that. Like your father with the, you know, with wanting to be a pilot, strong desire, lack of belief.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that belief has kind of like the accepted way to think about it um, and the familiar way to think about it, but that it also has a, a way that it can be used as a, a tool in our lives. I mean, really it, a magic-infused tool, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. um, I think that we have belief that is, that is in terms of the way that, that it's talked about in – um in our societal storytelling. So um that can be in ways like uh with you know we had talked about with Santa Claus with how how do we How do we talk about if there's enough uh, people on the planet that believe and just believe in Christmas and just believe in Santa Claus? Then finally all the magic stirs together with these powers combined and it flies a sleigh, a sled, a sleigh, and all the kids get the gifts. Um, Or we have the belief where we're taught... um, that our belief is like this container of our worldview, we do our best to match it up with what's given to us from our parents or those around us where we feel the most connection and belonging. And then um, then we go ahead and implement it in our worldview and use it to make decisions about what we're going to engage with or not. Um, both of those are, I mean, there's truths in them, totally, but they're not complete. It's like that's not the whole ball game when it comes to belief. Um, and I just think that there's a level of, um, like opening and calibration for our belief that if we understand that this is something that we can direct it, like if I'm up at the top of a lighthouse and I'm holding the like, you know, spotlight thingy and I can like direct it out at the water anywhere that I want. This isn't like, this isn't like, um, you have one and that's the only one that you have and then nothing else moves. Like this is like, I can shape it as I go. So the reason that's important is because our logic and our sense of belonging and our sense of self is attached to what we see as our belief system. And therefore that makes it immobile, like not flexible, not malleable, not movable, not shapeable, and therefore not useful in very many situations beyond what the initial scope is that you know, we, where we think the boundaries are. If we understand that it is malleable, that we don't have to sacrifice anything true about ourselves to move the spotlight, now it becomes kind of infinite impossibility. I can have my belief system and I can challenge my belief. So I can say like, this is where it came from. This is what I was introduced to. This is what I align with. This is what my parents say. This is where I find my greatest sense of belonging. And what's the biggest, what's the biggest core truth? And, um, you know, I do, I do like to say I am available for miracles. I am available. (laughs) I'm available for the, uh, the unexpected, the unrealistic and, um, the abundant. So, you know, I have a question. So do you find that
0: people are aware of their belief system. Now, I know that some of our beliefs, you know, especially those that are, that tend to lean more into our values, you know, so I, I guess the first question I have for you is, do you believe belief and value are the same thing?
1: Um, no. Yeah. Okay, good. I just wanted to
0: clarify that because some people aren't sure. They're not sure if a belief or a value is the same thing. It's like a, a value. I would define it as like a, a core standard in your life this is what you know this is the baseline standard for how i live my life where a belief is like this deep-seated you know thought that's anchored into feeling that becomes a pattern of behavior which becomes the actions we take i mean that's how i would identify it how would you identify the difference between value and belief
1: yeah, um, I mean, values are kind of things within a container, right? And <clears throat> belief is how we set up parameters for for how we're operating in the world. So, um, and it's also how we set up parameters to what we're going to allow ourselves to connect to for the impossible becoming possible. And that's where it becomes quantum. Like that's where it becomes like, right. okay, now it can be next level because you were willing to utilize this trajectory, this connection point of what's already true within me to what's possibly true out there. And now it becomes possible. Um, I think for myself, my core values would be love through wisdom and beauty. And my core belief would be all things are possible. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, a, I
0: mean, that's a very strong belief to hold because it allows more. So our, our beliefs act like a funnel for energy. If we can create more open belief systems, like what you're, you're open to miracles, right? That opens that funnel for miracle energy to come through. Whereas if we're believing like good things happen to other people, but not me, well, we've, you can see how tight and small the space is that you left for something truly miraculous to happen to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as you, I mean, if you start practicing uh, little, almost like affirmation phrases about, um, what you are available to, uh, for in the universe, then it kind of will help reveal the things that are those mistaken beliefs anyway. Cause I can't wake up in the morning and say like, I'm available for miracles and then sit down and tell myself that things, good things happen to other people, not me. It's, it's totally incongruent. I can have those thoughts, but eventually it's, they're going to come to a head and one of them is going to have to give. So I think that's why like the, you asked earlier, like, do I think that very many people are aware of their belief systems. I think they're aware of their worldviews and beliefs if we're like listing them off, like subject matter, but I don't necessarily believe that people are um, engaged with that part of themselves where belief is one of their like inner persona attributes. It's one of your magic wands that you can use while you're on this planet. And, um, and connect to it that way. I, I don't I don't think that definitely not as many people as can are doing it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's really interesting in the book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, by Joseph Murphy. And this is I think it's a I can't remember how old it is. I mean, it it came out maybe in the 40s or 50s. Don't quote me on that. I've got I don't know for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> um, in his book, what he talks about, I remember reading it and going, "Oh my gosh, this point makes so much sense." Which why sometimes affirmations or affirmative thoughts fail people is because on a deep subconscious level they don't believe it. And that's where our belief lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you, if you're like good things can happen to me. And that's a true statement. That's a statement you can truly experience if you believe it. And what happened or like for example, if someone, let's say their their belief system is about lack, right? Like they're they can't make enough or they don't believe they're ever going to actually get out of the a financial hole, for example. And then they do all these affirmations around wealth and wealth mindset. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do the affirmations. I think you can help start to program the subconscious mind Mm -hmm. through, you know, actively choosing the words and the thoughts that you want to choose. But the reason why the affirmation in and of itself isn't a magic wand that just poof, now I've said those words and now it's my truth, is because on a deep subconscious level, until we've addressed the belief we hold and acknowledge it, that belief stays seated.
1: This is such a good point you're making, Therese. Yeah, because belief, okay, this is so good. Belief is not external. It's not external. So you can't say, I'm just going to stand here and say these words Mm -hmm. and then not invite them in. You have to invite them into the inner sanctum of your heart and soul. You're not just speaking those words as a declaration. You're inviting them in to the most inner part of your being. This is what this this I don't we haven't even talked about it yet. My my program I'm launching called Quantum Power is going to dive deep into these things because it is about falling in love with yourself in intimate relationship with yourself, understanding all of these aspects of yourself that you have that are your great not just your greatest assets but your greatest allies during your journey on this planet. We use so little of them. I mean it's so far uh, beyond when they say, like, oh, we use, you know, eight to 10% of our brain, that's high compared to what we don't use of our intuition and our belief and our relationship with time. Um, all of those things. And if you get it dialed with the set of them combined, it is so massively empowering. Well, you know,
0: uh, as you're talking, what's also popping into my head is the, the physics study that's been done about the observer effect. So that's the thing that I think it's like, people really like took that in and understood it is that what you're observing or what you're telling yourself about a situation you're actually creating. So I remember, so you were the one in my life who recommended E squared to me by Pam Grout. I like love you forever for introducing (laughs) me to that book so many years ago. I remember you'd read it and you were like, Ooh, this is good. You should read it. Um, And it was, you know, that book in particular She really helps break down the mechanics, the quantum mechanics of manifesting and gives you, you know, she, she teaches you to look at it as a scientist, right? Use the scientific method to see if you can break down and identify what it, you know, what is required to help Mm -hmm. manifest in your life. And one of the, the things she talks about is the observer effect. And I think the, do you remember the scenario in this it was something about a box and a cat so
1: yeah i don't okay. remember exactly it's been a long time like what 15 years 10 years a long time <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a long time so it, i believe what it was it, the experiment was that they had a box and it, there was the implication was that there was a cat in the box and they asked different people what do you think is happening inside the box like someone might say well the cat's asleep or there is no cat, or the cat died, or, you know, all of these things about what was the potential in that box. And based on what they were directing their energy at was the experience they were creating. Yeah, about this box, like, so the uh, there was the unknown aspect. And in remember the uh, documentary, What the Bleep? Do do we know, right? And I, I remember one of the scenes really stuck with me was the one where I think you see marley it wasn't marley maitland or something the, the actress she was in it and she's on this basketball court and her back is turned to the court and she's just sitting there listening and she's hearing this ball the basketball bounce and before she turns around and observes its position they're showing in quantum physics that the ball could be anywhere and it is everywhere like the ball until what somebody observes something about it, it has infinite possibility and it's only until we turn our focus and attention on it that it takes a position that we are actually involved in where the ball lands
1: yeah it's a miracle and and actually Therese, this thing that you're, that you're talking about right now is I probably gush about this more than anything else in the world because I feel like it is the magic of the human experience. If it's true that all things are possible, which I do believe that they are, then we have in all of the time ahead of us that we haven't moved into yet on this timeline, infinite possibility, literally. And we know that all the things, I mean, quantum physics does tell us that, that all those things are true. Simultaneously, even the ones that contradict each other. So the ball is in this place and this place. It's also in neither of those places. It's also in no place. It's also in every place. Right. So they'll show you how those four equations are, are all simultaneously true, even though they look to be in conflict. Or contradiction to one another. So, if that's the way that we're living, right? And then the other thing that I think is time itself, and again, we'll dive into this further in quantum power because time is so juicy and buttery and fantastic. But time, the way that we experience it is literally only because we happen to be on this planet and under this gravitational pull. So, everything that we determine and experience, determined to be our reality, and everything that we experience is, uh, is because of our placement right here. If we go like, go live on Mars, uh, a hundred years in the future, I have no idea what our experience will be like. Cause it won't move. There's nothing that can move the same way. So how will that work psychologically? How will that work with our, our interpretation of time? I do not know. I do not know the answer to that. I, there are lots of sci-fi movies made about it, but, <laughs> but for real, I don't know. Um, but in, in, in the grand scheme of things, we are moving through this very unique experience where everything ahead of us is possible all at the same time. And yet we then move into a finite, decisive moment. And whether we were intentional about it or not, that moment happens. The one that just happened, just happened. one that just happened, just happened. And however it was all possible somehow came together and almost like reverse combusted into a single finite actualized thing and to me that looks like this like tapestry of like gazillions of little moments all over the planet happening instantaneously over and over and over again all the time and they're always a new mosaic the next moment's a new one and the next moment's a new one. And and it's unique because there's never been one like it before. And it came from all possibility. It's like when an artist pulls out a canvas and you don't know what they're going to create yet, but they get super inspired and then they do all the things. And in the end, you have a painting. It could have been anything. It was a blank canvas. But in the end, you see this paint went right here. I can walk up to it and see that little dot was covered with that little thing. That's how the moments of our life are. And that's why the things that we're experiencing and creating in the world are so Potentially potent because they're actually magic. They're actually taking all that possibility and living it out into the chosen thing right that second that like becomes our actual life. So I totally geek out about that because I'm like, this is th- the fact that we get to be together having a podcast and not only forget the fact that we're thousands of miles away from each other, but that we get to do that at the same time. We were born on the grand scheme of the timeline of humanity at a time where we both happen to have our, you know, you know, 60 to hundred years overlap each other. Then we met, then we both aligned on things that were like this. And then we had ideas that led us to like be in this moment, having this juicy conversation together. Miracles, miracles, miracles. So <laughs> I love it. I'm so grateful and I'll stop gushing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, if you really stop to ponder the moment you're in, right. So I always say we have a choice in life of life can be magical or mundane and you get to choose. Yes. So in this moment where we're sitting here and it seems like just an average morning, maybe a little extra special because we get to hang out and talk to each other about fun things. But there's, we have a choice in our perspective about it. We can either see, see it as another Friday morning or we can see it as what you just described. Like what are the odds that this would happen right now. And I feel like when we tap into that, when we tap into the fabric of the, the bigger picture of what we're creating, we really get to feel why we're, we're constantly reminded that we were made in the image of the creator, because we are creator beings, we just created this moment. Um, and the, the, the crazy thing is that we either create through intention. And when we watch people create through intention, that's when we see people do great things in their life. And I don't mean great in, in the terms of like um, how much power they acquire or fame they acquire. I just mean how much of their life they feel fulfilled by because they're choosing it intentionally versus the other way we create, which is by default where we don't mind or we don't pay attention to this this moment, this opportunity in front of us. I mean we one of the things that always comes up in the law of one, which is material that I I constantly reread because it's so resonant for me, is just the fact that we are here to make choices. It's one of the most powerful things that we have in our toolkit is our power of choice.
1: Mm.
0: And, you know, working as a, a mentor and a coach is like, you get to watch people first of all, choose themselves because they're coming into, you know, a program where they, where they desire guidance. Right. But then you also get to see them realize how powerful they are that all I have to do sometimes is simply shift my perspective. Do you want to join the next spirit circle? Spirit Circles are virtual gatherings I hold every new moon and full moon where I'll take you deep into the cosmic codes to receive the messages on how to work in alignment with source energy. The first 60 minutes include energy attunements, journaling, masterminds, guided visualizations and more. Each Spirit Circle includes a 30-minute psychic Q&A session with me to get answers from your guides and spirit team. Every session is recorded and it's yours to keep, to use again and again. If you want to join me for the upcoming Spirit Circle, please go to blithestarlightcom forward slash spirit circles. I hope to see you there. Um, we were talking before we got on the podcast about you know, leaning into the power of change. Um, you had brought up something really powerful about, you know, events that are happening for you. And, and I also had events. And then I was saying, well, this is happening on a, a larger scale. I mean, the collective is going through this, but we, we all experience events that we might not feel like we're consciously choosing. Like if we lose someone we love, I, you know, no one consciously chooses that. And it's- yeah. a
1: it's a moment of change that's
0: available to us.
1: No, absolutely it is. I mean, I think that th- I, I've had a couple times in life where I experienced three or more losses in a row. Losses of loved ones, pets, you know, family members, friends. Um, and both times it catapulted me into the new version of myself. And the first time, it was more logical, but still an inner realization. It was more like mm, the the um, my grandmother, who was my last remaining um, grandparent, uh, had passed. And it gave me the distinct feeling of that generational mantle being passed down. So what was my grandma's became my mom's. What was my mom's became mine. And I just felt it. And I was like wow, like it suddenly, I suddenly was just like, I had, this is, this is the life that I have to live right now. What am I doing? Where am I at? What do I want to be doing? Where what do I want to be at? Just a, an instant revamp. Um, the more recent one happened, the turnover from uh, 2021 to 2022, when I had also experienced three losses in a row. And, um, and I just kind of got to the, the turnover of the new year just before it, and felt like there is no going back. There's no going back. Like, mm. this is everything from here on is new. Now, along with that, I will also say that I really learned this last time around to allow my heart to stay open during grief because. I think the instant reaction because of the pain of grief is to just kind of like close up and to try to um, deal, you know, with it or cope or whatever. But this time I allowed my heart to crank so wide open that I didn't, I mean, I didn't know it could go that wide. And in doing that, I felt simultaneous like pain and joy and bliss and all of it. All of it. Um, And it was one of the most healing experiences. And it really, I felt like connected me to my loved ones, um, probably more than anything, because look, at the end of the day, it's, it's my love for them. That is the reason the grief is there anyway. So just giving myself over to the love and letting it like have all of me was like the, the greatest healing um, thing that also then aided me when I was working through this truth of there's no going back. There's, there is no, what's behind us is behind us. This is, here's, there's a line in the sand. And the cool thing about that is we have a choice now with what yeah. we create.
0: Absolutely. I was, I was um, sharing with you that when I lost um, one of my beloved pets like he was just the most he's the most incredible and he's now on the spirit side with me every day like we have full communication but I remember in the moment um where I was coming to the realization that it dawned on me my life has changed forever I can't go back I remember uh, like having that as a conscious thought and I I honestly I think maybe it was one of the first times through loss that I consciously got that I think I've always intuitively understood it but it was the first time that that thought went to the forefront of my mind. I'm not going back. Um, what I saw, though, in that moment, and it sounds like you saw the same thing. And I really want to just address really quick that I think that the 2020 experience, if you will, really opened that up because we all collectively felt that you know, we're, this has changed us. Whether we wanted it to or not, something has changed and many people felt like it was a a cocoon moment, right? That there was a, a transformation happening within. But I remember having that experience of my life has changed forever. And then I heard intuitively like lean all in, like every change, Therese, you've ever wanted to create in your life is available now. And, and now what I wanted to ask you and kind of share with you is I think in those moments where life feels like it's changing our life maybe not by our choice. It's Mm -hmm. really giving us this, this almost fast pass opportunity to shift belief. Like I feel like in that moment, the beliefs that were keeping you stuck in your life are somehow unlocked a little just because of the, maybe the um, turbulence of going through such a change in your life. And I just want to get your feedback on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's I mean, they say that that um, like disasters and traumatic experiences will either you know separate people or pull them together. So you have a married couple who loses a child, and they you know statistically they're not going to stay together. Um, It's just too hard. Right. But you have people who are stranded on an island together who uh, out of everybody on the whole planet never would have chosen each other. But through their survival trauma and what they overcame together, they're bonded by it and therefore they're together. So um, I think that trauma opens us in in just a different way. It just kind of changes our configuration and it does give us an avenue to be available for a quantum leap. I don't think that it puts us there automatically, but it's doing, it's laying some groundwork. Um, The other thing it can sometimes do is pause us in all the right places. So, you know, for me, I really like working on stuff that I like to work on. So I will just like, go, 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 go go and do lots of stuff. Um, And when I experience a loss and then the second loss, and then, oh, got punched the third loss. It's like, okay, yes, I feel a little bit kicked while I'm down, but this is pausing me. This is a forced pause. And now there's going to be a period of integration that there wouldn't have been otherwise. For all these reasons, I think we have opportunities for calibration, for expansion, and um, and potential for quantum leap uh, following these kinds of of times in life. I mean, definitely not notwithstanding the past uh, two years experience, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what you're reminding me of is something I've heard Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about, um, especially in his book, Becoming Supernatural. I love that book. Um, But he talks about the fact that if you want to create a shift in your life, so he, you know, much of that book is talking about being intentional about the life you'd like to create and seeing, you know, future you and closing the gap, going into the quantum field and closing down time collapsing time into quantum all time and literally being able to see your future, the desired future, step into it, talk to it, have conversation. I have coffee with my future self every morning talking to her about, okay, what would you do in this situation? Beautiful. But but one of the things he says about it is that our environment literally dictates back to us. So the, the current environment we're in is dictating back to us who we said we were or who we think we are. And if you really think about it, it's because if you look at your environment, you're looking at the past. You're not looking at this moment and you're not looking at what you're about to create. You're looking about the choices you've already made.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: our environment is simply reflecting back to us the, the thoughts and beliefs we had that created the choices that created the, you know, the the things you're seeing in your environment and the things that you're, you know, either tolerating in your environment or the things that you are being intentional about in your environment. And when, when you were talking, what I realized is trauma and loss, these are environmental disruptors because something is shifted in your environment that you can't ignore. You know, when you lose someone, they're gone. That is a, that is something that's part of your personal ecosystem that is shifted. And hundred percent. Yeah. And because of that, there is an opportunity to be different in your thoughts, beliefs, actions, and behaviors because your environment is telling you something's different. And it allows us to step into that space that something can be different.
1: It's so true. It's so true. I, I, um, I started doing timeline work with my clients a long time ago. I think back in like 2012, so maybe 10 years ago. And, um, and it's one of the main four types of sessions that I do. I don't do as much one-on-one work anymore, but if I do, um, usually in, towards the beginning of the work there's one of these four core sessions and timeline would be one of them. So in my initial intake form, what I used to have in there was a question about how they viewed life. So when you think about your past, when you think about your future, when you think about your day that you're about to go through today, are you thinking of this in terms of, um, well, the future? There are different questions, but the future one might be like, all right, when you think about your future, is it 20 years down the road? Is it, you know, like next year? Is it, um, and the answers that they gave to these questions about time would give me a context for where they were in their belief about what was possible for themselves, as well as in their habits about their mindset, right? Because... Th- If I'm just like you're saying, it's not that there's anything wrong with looking in hindsight. Like I just created a hindsight board for the prior year of my life and I'm like super proud of it. It just reminds me of like how far I've come and I love it. Um, but what you're talking about is the power of being aligned to the trajectory of what has yet to come and really embodying that potential. And it's totally, it's way more empowering because if I'm only linked to the step that I just took, then I'm only going to take that same type of step next. But if I'm connected to something that tells me that I'm on a trajectory where that can continue to expand every step I take, and that's where I'm looking, then guess what? Every step I take is going to get a little more expansive. So I love, 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 I love this point. I love jo- Joe Dispenza. I love all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do too. And uh, you make such a great point. You know, there's um, an exercise that I was doing with people to help build confidence because it's so interesting when we're working with our self-concept because, you know, we're being asked to be in three spaces at once and try to balance that. We're being asked to stay present because that's where the power is. We're being asked to look into the future because that's our North Star guiding us in our choices. But we're also being asked to, you know, uh, acknowledge that the past is your foundation and it's creating for you. And it's so interesting in terms of confidence because that's a subject I work with people on a lot. If we're not acknowledging what we've accomplished, even if, if the accomplishment is I got through this really shitty time in my life, if we're not acknowledging it, we're not giving ourselves a, a strong foundation to stand on. We're not, we're, we're standing on stand on sand instead of on a firm rock. Um, and it, it's so interesting because um, I, I, what I'm seeing is of course, there's a power in being present. It's, it's your truly, it's the power lever is because the power is in the choice you're about to make. You know, whether it's to continue this conversation, hang up, meditate, talk to someone, not talk to someone, you know, all the powers in that present moment. And it's so interesting because I feel like what what we see sometimes is people saying, don't focus on this, focus on that. And what I get from my own team is like, have this, learn how to balance the three.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's essential. Right. And, and you make such a good point too, about having to be in three spaces at once, because there's this, um, So my current mentor that I have in my life right now talks a lot about, and by the way, side note, I think that's probably the best choice you can make for yourself is always to like try to have a mentor or try to be a mentor. (laughs) Definitely have one at minimum, right? Um, But my current mentor talks a lot about the word duality. And at first it was a really hard pill for me to swallow because duality, the way it was taught to me growing up was a negative thing. It meant that like you weren't... In integrity. You weren't aligned enough with who you were being, um, in order to fully be that thing. So duality, like being dual minded, like would pull you out of it. But it, when she's talking about duality, what she's talking about is, is what you're talking about. The fact that we, um, we have these multiple realities that exist at one time. And are we going to, um, allow ourselves to tap into, them simultaneously in order to move forward you know not just optimally but really like with our fullest potential like living our full life
0: it's such a you know it's such a good point because I was as you're talking I'm thinking about you know we actually have states that we already kind of uh, universally relate to about time like the inner child does represent the past many of us are not children anymore, but it's still active. It's still there. It's still a part of you. You can connect with and, and connecting with it is where a lot of healing happens for you. And then there is what I guess I would call it. The human self is the present self, because this is where you're having your most human experiences in the now. And then there is The future self, which I would also call the higher self, because I see the higher self as being many tiered. So there's, you know, you 10 minutes from now is technically a version of the higher self because you have more, every time you gain more wisdom in your experience, you're up leveling, even Mm -hmm. if it's incrementally, right? So our future self is a version of our higher self. And then of course there's the divine self, the highest self, um, which is out of time completely it's with us. It's like the all, you know, it's the all time. It's, it's the ever present energy of you that's been consistently there the whole time. Um, But it's just so interesting because I, I've never really thought about these aspects of self in terms of time, but you really can see how, how time is sort of interwoven in these aspects of ourself as well. And I just think it's interesting because I've heard conversations. The reason I address it is just because I've heard conversations where people have poo pooed like spending too much time in your future self. And I get what they're saying. Like that's, you know, if you're if you're too far in the future, you tend to go into anxiety. If you spend too far, if you go too far into the past, you tend to fall into a depression. And if you can balance it all, you know, and come back to the present, that's where you're going to feel maybe more neutral and and but definitely more effective. Um, and I, I just find it interesting that I sometimes hear teachings that feel like they're contradicting each other because it's all accurate. I mean like everybody's got a good point is my, I guess uh-huh. what I'm trying to get to.
1: No, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing that's true about the way that we're growing, evolving, and really like ascending our new level of intelligence as humanity. I mean, I shared this with my sister the other day, that uh, because it just was relevant to the topic that we were already discussing, but that um, there was a time in history where the term imagination did not exist the way that it does on the planet right now, and it wasn't as long ago as you might think. I think it was during the French Revolution that this got all like – um, uh, turned around with new writings and new schools of thought. But the, um, the old word that imagination came from was like imaging. And it was thought that in psychology or whatever there was of it, there wasn't really modern psychology the way that we have it now back then. But in whatever like study of the mind that they thought that they had back then, it was um, thought that in order for you to, let's say for me to build something or write something, it had to have been shown to me or given to me. So there's only the people that see those things tangibly, like my teacher shows me this Um square box and therefore I can draw this box or build a box or or not the tangible things like okay this person like Nostradamus must have gone and been talked to by god or the gods if it was Greek mythology or whatever time because they came back with these things that somebody must have shown them it was only at this one point in time where people started thinking like huh Maybe like I don't have to have already been shown it tangibly or by God or whatever in order to come up with it. This kind of like imagination thing is like, wait, I can kind of like create something out of nothing. That's a thing. And so imagination doesn't feel like that potent of a word in our in our um, current society, but the the. History of the development of the concept and the word itself are really quite powerful. So I feel like um, us being engaged with the the you know field of potential, potentiality around us, what we're able to uh, connect with and allow to come forth from within us every day is it's just to me, like nothing short of magic. And our, when we're thinking of something that we might want to do in our lives, and then we're like, oh, well, that's not very realistic. Or I don't know how I would ever make that work and then pay the bills or, you know, whatever the, the thing is that we start getting, um, kind of hung up by in that train of thought, then like, we're, we're just simply not allowing ourselves to live into the creation. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was a little bit of a, of a tangent, but I think it's such an interesting historical fact with the with the progression of humanity that, oh, well, that's what I was going to say is that we're today where we are. Um, I think we're at that time again, where all up until this point, we seem to have believed things that are insufficient in in so much as what is collectively really true uh, in the whole. And even once we go through this level of growth, we're not going to have like achieved, you know, whatever. Oh, or- yeah. or whatever but like, at least we will have Uh, at least if we are willing to allow ourselves to grow through this ascension, then we can, uh, we can get to discover what's on the other side. And I really believe that that's available for like all of humanity. There's 7.4 billion people on the planet. You can, you can decide to open yourself to the possibility that just like every single time before in humanity, we might not have been a hundred percent right on this one. And there might be more to the story.
0: Absolutely. And you know, you make such a great point that that gets reiterated in the law of one material, which is why I love it so much that they're like, don't worry, you're going to get it. Like there's, there's lessons you can't access in third density. So the third density experience, which really is about us um, being given an ego, it's the only time we have ego is in third density. And the, the um, reason for it is ego is a mechanism for you to If you believe you're separate, then it gives you the opportunity to make authentic choice about your energy. You're not making it from a collective mind. You're making it from what you perceive as your individual mind. And so you get to make an authentic choice about where you're going next in energy, Um, as I understand it from the law of one. And then they talk about fourth density, which is where we're moving to. And everything about fourth density is really about the, the lessons of love. And what it means, not just what it means to love, but like all the deep levels and the nuances of love. And also what it means to like act from a place of love without wisdom. And which is so interesting because then fifth density consciousness, when we get to that level and we've achieved the levels of choosing from an authentic place and then working through all the lessons of love and then you add wisdom to it and then you choose slightly differently because you're not being, um, it's so interesting that love isn't the last place we stop. According to that, it's like love plus wisdom. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. and that's where people make hard choices from. This is where you can actually answer the question of, you know, the ethics question of if a train's derailing and there's two tracks and there's one person on this one and five people on the other one, and the train has to go on one of these tracks, what do you choose? Right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, from that wisdom vibration, having um, achieved the lessons of love and moved into the lessons of wisdom you can see things differently you would choose differently from those two different vibrations mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting
1: um, yeah, that's fascinating
0: yeah no I, I love that material it's it's channeled material it came through in the early 80s um, and it's from a it's from an extraterrestrial group that came through called raw and they're a, their origin point was Venus so they're sort of there they were here on earth from time to time trying to help guide humanity because they're kind of like our big sisters and brothers up there <laughs> like they've gone before us and they're like trying to guide us so they come back from time to time um, trying to impart the the ultimate lesson which is the law is one we are all one um, and that's the the, the the divine truth is that we're absolutely connected in one you know uh essence together having these uh, fractal kind of experiences where we're you know we're the i'm trying to think of the word and it's not coming we're the facets of a crystal one big crystal expressing mm-hmm. in all these different facets it's right? so
1: cool yeah
0: so I, what I love about what we've talked about today so far is we've talked about the power of belief, what it looks like when you're not in alignment, when your desire and alignment aren't um, when your desire and belief aren't necessarily in alignment. We've also talked about the power of being able to step more fully into the life you desire. And especially when the universe gives us these openings that we didn't necessarily expect, but it's an opportunity to lean in and, like I said, fast track our growth or our intended creation through these windows that are offered to us. And now what I'd like to talk to you is I'd just like to get more into how this all ties into your program that you're launching called Quantum Power. Can you share with us, you know, what is this program and how would it help someone move, you know, move out of the belief, like, I'd love to be a pilot, I'm never going to be like, how would it serve maybe your dad and maybe if he connected to the material, but how would it serve someone to, to help them move into a intentional creation versus a default creation?
1: Yeah. Um, thank you for asking that question. I'm so excited about the quantum power program. Um, it was one of those things that just kind of, I, I channeled the outline in minutes because I just knew exactly what was on my my heart to share and um, what was wanting to come through. It is going to run live uh, July 5th through 9th. So it will be like a, a live thing happening for people to participate in. But um, Essentially, I mean, I had explained Quantum Legacy to you um, a little bit ago. The the name of the brand, what it's what it's really standing for for me. So, Quantum being the like really all things are possible, um, and and I'm available for for miracles. I'm I'm expecting unrealistic results, and. Um, then legacy being, uh, being intentional about the moments, that the moments are actually the things that make up what we are going to leave behind because they're already reverberating right now, not waiting to the end of my life to try to gauge what my legacy was. I'm doing it right now. And we all have that opportunity. So quantum power is kind of like an intro program to that Um, larger scope. If we're talking about the context of all of humanity and how we participate in the current ascension and the way that we can be the next generation of whatever this renaissance is that's happening, I want to be at that table. I want to be participating in it. If you want to be there participating in it, this is a great beginner course, not beginner in terms of like you don't know anything about spirituality or any of these topics that we've talked about yet. This is for all of us, for me included, because what we're going through is that next level of how to connect to your uh, your aspects of self that you already have with you, but you know are nowhere near dialed to the point that they could be like honed when you're in beautiful relationship with yourself, all these aspects of yourself, and you're suddenly in your full empowerment and able to move um as such on the planet in all of your actions and all of your thoughts and all of your decisions um from that place so we'll go through uh time time is one of the first ones that we go through our relationship to it how to collapse it how to stretch it why we experience it the way that we do our belief systems around it um, how we're taught versus how we're taught to use it We'll go through intuition, um, what intuition really means, the history of what humanity has built it to be, um, the the ways that it's been totally uh, dismissed and even villainized, and then ways now that we can begin to practically uh, implement practices that allow us to Fine tune our hearing so that we become experts in hearing our intuition and not only like using it like a tool, like it's something external to us, like a pick up a hammer, but understanding that it's an aspect of myself that when I love her, when I love my intuition and I work with her in this respectful relationship, that's when she can be her full self too. And she'll speak louder for me and she'll show up more frequently because I'm listening. And we'll go through um, belief, we'll go through a couple other qualities that are. That are also going to be, um, or aspects of self that are also going to be integrated, and then at the end, um, not only will we have homework throughout the the whole time, but at the end we'll have a celebration and exercise of how we're um, we're living into this full potentiality and empowerment in real life. So I would invite anyone that resonates with this to um, to definitely take part and and be there with us live if you can.
0: That's fantastic, and. Is it um, a set program? Is it live? Like, does it have a certain start date and a finish date? Or is it an evergreen program? How can they engage
1: with it's, it? it? It's both. So you can show up anytime. Uh, the The um, program runs July 5th through 9th of 2022 live. So I'll be doing those um, recordings live each day. You can talk to me in the chat when there's extra time. Then we'll do Q&A from the chat. So there's live interaction um, and things we can go through that way as well. Um, but it also is going to go evergreen. So even if you joined on the third day, you could still watch the two prior on uh, for catch up and then start live with us then. Or if you catch it on the other side, then you can just um, get into the program and, and watch it all back at your leisure. And there is a, a, face, a private Facebook group where you can still interact with people as they're taking the program. Um, but I will say that it's a it's a $2,222 program that is being offered right now at a graduating price because one of the things that I really wanted to do, we haven't talked about money at all on this podcast, but I have done a lot of work in my life to heal my relationship with money and to mm-hmm. make myself, like my mentor says, the path of least resistance for, uh, for wealth and abundance and blessing um, for myself and for those around me and for those that I love. So... Um, In doing that work, I I worked with the relationship with with money as well. So I thought that with this program, it might be really fun to offer people the opportunity to engage in intuitive buying. So I'm going to be... um, yeah, so I'm going to be offering it at a the low, low, low price like, uh, of $111. I don't know when you're listening to this, but you might get in on that day. It's going to go up increasingly over time, and then eventually it's going to settle at that 22 22 price. Um, so it's kind of like, there's no mad rush. I'm never, I'm not setting dates or announcing dates of when, when things are changing. It's just like, if you hear of it and it sounds good to you and it sounds like the right resonant thing, then I invite you to share the space with me and then we'll grow through this together. Um, and, uh, otherwise the people that, you know, find it later can buy in and I may offer sales later or whatever, but we'll just kind of see what comes up over time.
0: Yeah, and I just want to tell the audience, I can absolutely attest to Tammy's ability to help create a healing and harmonic relationship with money. We did a personal ritual together, and I definitely saw and experienced results from doing that. I mean, it's ongoing, and it was really powerful. I mean, I, lo- I still kind of am in awe when I connect in with some of the imagery that came up during our session together, and <laughs> just that that beautiful light that we found Um Yeah, it's still like when I close my eyes, I can see it and it's very resonant and I can feel it in my body. So I can definitely say that you have a gift around creating healing energy and aligning energy with money, which is so important because, you know, I know as spiritual people, we can struggle with that one a lot because there is a lot of truth in how money was used to control and manipulate And yet it is a tool that we have to contend with in this life. We, I mean, we can't get very far without it. And, um, uh, healing that relationship with money is also our, we have an opportunity to do it. We can create a beautiful relationship with money and it's really based on our intention and not whoever put the intention on the money
1: originally. Do you agree with that statement? so much I'm beaming right now so first of all (laughs) thank you I it's so sweet of you uh Therese to say that and I know it's a vulnerable space when you've gone through a session anybody anyone who's gone through a session it's a vulnerable space so I just thank you so much for sharing that because that's a blessing to my heart and I'm I'm so glad that what you got from it was um not only great in the moment but also resounding for you and ongoing for you too um I think that uh, money is so that that's going to be a, a separate course later this me- this year for me for what I'm offering later. But um, uh, in general, I think our relationship with money is kind of similar to our relationship with our intuition. Um, It is external, but it is also an energy carrier and it really likes to be in flow and it likes to go where there's like certainty and safety and, you know, it's a carrier as a carrier of energy. So I I like to... talk about being in right relationship with money and thinking of it the same way that we would be in right relationship with any of our friends. Like if we are treating money a way that we wouldn't treat a close friend, then we've got to reexamine our behaviors. So true. That is so true. And I mean, that's so resonant for me because
0: I remember the day years and years ago that I realized like money actually talked to me. So, you know, one of my gifts is being able to sort of talk to you energies and I remember I was so angry at money and I was like why I, like why do you hate me so much and money was like ever really left you like why don't you treat me like a friend because I'm treating you like a friend I've never actually fully left you and I was like oh that is Accurate, <laughs> you know. Like I had to. It humbled me a little bit too to get in touch with that and realize that it wasn't money that didn't like me. It was me that wasn't treating money with appreciation, love, and
1: respect. Wow, wow, that's so powerful. Yeah, I mean, when when we start to get in relationship with money, where it's our friend and we have fun together, like we're just like you know. It, it, it starts to get really powerful. It likes to stick around. It likes to come to you, you know? So, well, yeah, I mean, and it, it just doesn't that make sense? I mean,
0: if everything is energy, right, everything's energy, including us and money itself is an energy, then energy likes to go where, you know, it likes it. It's going to be attracted to where it's appreciated. We as people are attracted to where we're appreciated. I mean, hanging out with you is an absolute joy because we have mutual love, respect and appreciation for each other so it's like of course I want to hang out with you um whenever you come across you know when you come across a person who doesn't appreciate you that
1: much you try to avoid them right yeah yeah or if they're always like there's n- you're not giving me enough right <laughs> what do you right. mean <laughs> what do you mean this is how you're showing up it's not enough <laughs> it's like,
0: and it's so funny is- when you kind of personify money for a moment right and you realize like how you're talking to it thinking about it treating it what did you expect from it 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 kind of makes you laugh just because you're like, Wow, that's a really abusive relationship. <laughs> you know, if you haven't done the work on if you haven't aligned yourself to it and and come into that space,
1: yeah, it's not it's the really best true. relationship. No, our our ways that we've behaved with money historically have been, you know, pretty much like everything else, like way detached, just detached. You know, like um the way that women have been treated over time, the way that You know, minorities have been treated over time the way there's all kinds of examples of it, but it's just this detachment from any, any um, personification or um, like sanctity of life, you know, and so energy. So this is the other thing about quantum physics that's like so stinking cool is that you like boil it down to they I love this growing up that I get I always get the updates right of what humanity is like now science now know, scientists now know like blah 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 so when I was like a little kid they'd be like oh well scientists now know that this is the smallest thing we know and it's inside of an atom okay well then we go a little bit further okay now this is the smallest thing that we know and then right. okay, now we just discovered that actually each one of those things that we told you was the smallest thing is a computer and within those <laughs> they have these things and it keeps getting small and smaller and smaller. And then, of course, we have uh, within quantum science, uh, string theory. And so this really indicates to us that everything is comprised vibration. And so when you look at things in terms of that, and they they did teach us that in school, right? Because you, you could say like even the solid table is is these atoms are like vibrating together at a certain way and solids, liquids, gas. Okay, but there was no way to wrap your mind around that at the time because we didn't know about string theory. And we didn't know that it was like the base language of how all things communicate with each other, that frequency is actually the universal language, right? right. So um, so when you think of, of things in those terms, it suddenly like opens up all the possibility of everything. So now when scientists say, okay, well this is the latest discovery. Okay, cool. And what's next? It's just, it's gonna be bigger and bigger and bigger. So yeah, I, I completely geek out about the, the um, everything that we know about quantum physics is just feels like little clues about what we don't actually fully know. <laughs> This is fantastic.
0: And I just want to tell everyone, it's like you're getting a little taste of what the quantum power program is going to hold. So I know people listening are like, this is great, you guys, but how do I become a part of this? So Tammy, um, I know that there's a couple ways people can connect with you. So let's say someone wants to just connect with you and learn more. They're not sure yet, but they're interested. How would you guide them to connect with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would love for you to connect with me. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram for my social platform. So on uh, Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com backslash Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y-M, as in Michelle, Scarlett, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T. And uh, on Instagram, my handle is live.lead.love. And, um, yeah, connect with me. I would love to hear from you and, um, hopefully you're really excited about expansion and presence and intention and all that good stuff for the future as well. Yeah. And if people want, if they're ready now and they're like, nope, I want to give me, give me
0: access to the quantum power program. How can they connect with that?
1: Yeah, it would be great. So if you feel resonant with this, if you're like, yes, this is an absolute yes for me. I'm in, um, you can go straight to quantum power program.com and just register right there. Like I said, the price is going to be changing. So, um, you know, let's, let's see what, what day you get in. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this, um,
0: you can check my show notes for the podcast and I will have links to both Tammy on social as well as the quantum power program so that you can just click on it and go right into meeting Tammy or joining this program, which is incredible. And I'm wishing you so much luck and success in this beautiful program. I hope that it reaches many people and, and serves as it, as it is intended to um, to create these higher frequencies for people in their lives.
1: Thank you so much, my friend. And you are, you have been, and you continue to be an inspiration to me with your bravery. Um, You dove headfirst into uncharted waters with trying to figure out, um, you know, how to to navigate being an intuitive, uh, being a healer, being a channeler in in this world that we're in and not having a guidebook for it. Um, And I just really appreciate you kind of going first for so many and paving the way for, for uh, what can come next.
0: Oh, thank you
1: so much. You know
0: how much I love you. I mean, this is literally, we could go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> about you're great. <laughs> no, no, you're great. I love you. I love you so much.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, the, yes, the appreciation is infinite. And um, I hope everyone listening has enjoyed this program. If you have more questions, I really encourage you, connect with Tammy you can also find she has a lot of interviews going out right now I know I've seen a few on Unify go up Um, so there's just so many beautiful ways to connect with Tammy and what she's guiding people with and um, I'm a big fan and supporter of her work you can also see Tammy's interview inside the New Earth Leadership Summit which is happening now as we're recording It it has gone live um, and Tammy's interview is coming up. So I encourage you to um, sign up at the dot com, and um, it's a free to join us. You'll get to see Tammy's interview. And I have to say, we did something extra special together and it's around money. <laughs> it's around abundance. So you definitely want to check it out because she's given us a little of her magic in that interview. And I'm so excited for people
1: to see it. Yay. And what was that site again? It's
0: the New Earth Leaderships. It Well, no, let me say it again. It's newearthleadershipsummit.com. I will also put that in the show notes because it's a long one. <laughs> you can just <laughs> click on it and join for free and get to see all the amazing interviews with different experts in the realms of consciousness, spirituality, and creating change for a new earth.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, this is, that's not just me on that. There's a lot of people with a, a wisdom bank, Um, available and, and uh, definitely worth tapping into. Absolutely. So thank you, Tammy, for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you here. And I look forward to talking with you again
0: in the future. We should do another one of these where we talk about money when you get that program up, because I think it's so powerful. Um, And I do see people standing in their power around money as we move deeper into these higher energies
1: absolutely for sure that one's called quantum expansion and it'll drop in a couple months so um i would love to be back and talk about that as well
0: fantastic all right everyone until next time stay magical thank you for joining me be sure to visit me at blythestarlight.com and subscribe that way you'll never miss an episode of the modern mystic soul podcast which can also be found on Spotify, iTunes, and all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest as Blythe Starlight. And don't forget to grab your copy of my book, Confidence is Magic, on Amazon today. Until next time, stay magical. listening to Modern Mystic Soul, a podcast dedicated to helping starseeds like you go from awakened to activated. My name is Therese Tucker. I'm an intuitive artist, psychic medium, teacher of intuition, and author of Confidence is Magic. And I'm sitting down to talk with you about the ascension process, the spiritual growth lessons I've learned, and how to move into a more aligned frequency so you can fully experience your destiny. You're listening to Modern Mystic Soul, a podcast dedicated to helping starseeds like you go from awakened to activated. My name is Therese Tucker. I'm an intuitive artist, psychic medium, teacher of intuition, and author of Confidence is Magic. And I'm sitting down to talk with you about the ascension process, the spiritual growth lessons I've learned, and how to move into a more aligned frequency so you can fully experience your destiny.